Hi, everyone. Before we get started, we just wanted to apologize for the audio quality of this week's episode. We were experiencing severe technical difficulties. Fortunately, the issues have been resolved and every episode going forward will be squeaky clean. Thanks for sticking with us. And now on to the show. If you enjoy sweaty men, film festival raves, or missed out on your prom, this episode of Riverdale is for you. I'm Lisa and I'm Dawn and this is I Hate It Let's Watch It where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart and what better way to start than with season five of Riverdale. Dawn you and I met not because of Riverdale but one of the first things we talked about was Riverdale. Oh absolutely I think that's how um, when we started working together one of the things that brought us together initially was the stuff we watched. I can't think of a better example, though, of shows we love to hate more than Riverdale. Oh, well, yeah, because I think it has... We got into it because it was actually a good show, and then it just kind of went off the rails, and we just kept watching it because, I don't know, we hate ourselves? Like, I think that? I think that's what brought us together initially. Therapy? I just, I don't know, sure. I mean... I was already. I mean, not for this stuff, but you know. You know, I, I had high hopes for season five because you can only go up, I feel, from from where we were. So I just, I you know, I was excited to see what they had to offer. Yeah, because it's, let's face it, it's been a mess. It's been a semi-organized mess, but a mess nonetheless, which I did not mean to rhyme there, but it worked, right? We can debate that, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it did, it picked, I mean, obviously they had to stop filming because of the pandemic. So the season was split in a place that was not intended to, to be split, but the season five premiere picks up basically where the season four premiere left off. Absolutely. And I think, yeah. And the season four ending, given they didn't know it had to be a finale, had its cliffhanger. So I think that worked in their favor, but, um... Yeah, it's going to be fun to see how this season pans out, given the first few episodes is directly after, and then we're going to get a time jump, which... I definitely am viewing them, in my mind, as separate entities. You know, the the rest of what was supposed to be season four and the start of what was supposed to be season five, I kind of think that they probably went in a different direction. And so I'm sort of trying to figure out how to fit those two together, but I think... I think we should view the videotape auteur plotline as a season four thing. I can't imagine that that carries over to season five. I hope not. <laughs> it's true. No, <laughs> I, I really I hope not. Find out what the hell is going on. There. Yep. And to get us started, here's our 60 second summary. Betty Jughead and Charles investigate the circumstances of the latest videotape, which depicted Mr. Honey's murder. Turns out Mr. Honey is just fine, but now they have even more questions. Betty and Jughead try to hunt down David, the owner of the Blue Velvet Video Store, enlisting an orange jumpsuited Brett for the inside scoop, as well as Kevin, Cheryl, and Reggie to shoot a little snuff film of their own in order to gain entry to a secret viewing party. Before they can find anything useful at the party, Betty and Jughead run into Jellybean and immediately escort her to Pops for a milkshake and a stern lecture. Despite all their sleuthing, the videotape auteur remains at large and broadcasts another video at prom showing the murder of David. Meanwhile, Archie, who can't stop thinking about Betty, prepares 
prepares for a boxing match, which will determine if he gets into the Naval Academy. Because the other candidate is built like a tank and goes by the name K.O. Kelly, Archie loses. The love triangle drama catches up with Archie at prom when his guilt finally forces him to confess to Veronica that he kissed Betty and still has feelings for her, leading the couple to agree to split after graduation. And they're not the only ones imploding. Cheryl discovers that Tony has kept their relationship hidden from her family because the Topazes hate the Blossoms. Despite being crowned prom queens, Tony later breaks up with Cheryl to make things right with her family. And speaking of family drama, Hiram has returned to Old Tapas of Cracking Skulls and he's out for blood now that Archie has broken Veronica's heart. All right, so let's dive right into season five, episode one. Okay, so, I mean, the episode starts, pretty much picks up right where season four left off. Charles and Jughead and Betty are all in that weird, creepy cabin, and they're trying to figure out what happened with that snuff video of Mr. Honey being stabbed to death. Um, I, I have questions about this, because... I feel like we're being led to believe that people are actually dying in these snuff films, but they call Mr. Honey and Mr. Honey's totally fine. And it's like, okay, so then did somebody actually die in this video or was it staged to look like Mr. Honey died? I I don't know. Cause I mean, they're pretty legit reenactments that they're trying to go with. It's the jolliest stabbing I've ever seen. Like they all get in. Uh, oh, they're, just like, they're la, dancing. La, 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 la. It's very festive. It is um, festive. They're clearly not professional murderers, killers, whatever you want to call it's them. It's a festive stabbing. It's a <laughs> that it is, and I feel like you know. You and I both did a season four rewatch yes. prior to watching season five, which I feel prepared us immensely for what was happening. Um, the thing that struck me the most was that even though I just watched season four, when I came into season five, I still felt like I had no idea what was happening and like what what was going on because theoretically, I mean, the last episode of season four was Jughead writing the story about killing Mr. Honey. And as far as we know, him and Betty are the only two people who know that this story was ever written. He never shares it with the other members of the group. He doesn't share it with anybody. And therefore, how did the videotape serial, I don't know, this guy, how did he know that this was even a story? So that really narrows our lens of who could potentially be this auteur, as Jack likes to call him. Yeah, I, I, it used to be a voyeur, now it's an auteur. I mean, let's, it's do we have to be, yeah. Do we have to, to? Why can't we just stick to English? But okay. Um, <laughs> very American. Very American over here. That's one for English. But um, no, I I get exactly what you're saying. This whole part with you saying that no, nobody else knows what is going on with Jughead's story. Him even telling Charles as Charles questions them, like, oh, side note, I wrote this story. Do you think that could be the reason? I mean, obviously it is. Like, there's it is. No other. <laughs> so, I mean, who would have access yes, to... Who would have access? And I actually have more to say on this later. Okay. Because um, I feel like we haven't gotten to the point yet where I want to reveal my, like, creepy, like, murder board theory. But, yes, who has access to this story? And it's gonna be either, I mean, Betty and Jughead, obviously, but, like, neither of them make sense as suspects. Who else? Literally, who else? No, I... That's a good question. It is, because I feel like at this point... Here's my problem that I have with Riverdale, so... They're not consistent? Uh, well, I mean, okay, <laughs> fine. When I say that as though I only have one problem, I have many problems. Mm -hmm. One of my many problems with Riverdale is that at this point, I feel like they don't give us enough information to solve these uh, questions on our own. Nope. So we can speculate till the cows come home. 
but we may find out that it's like some weird thing like oh yeah Jughead let somebody borrow his laptop for like 20 minutes and they read the story and guess what they're also the auteur so it's it's like I'm trying to make sense of it but is it worth it because in the end is Riverdale just going to come back and be like oh remember this person that we mentioned once like 18 episodes Uh, ago they do that too often they do so I like I'm going to theorize anyway because that's why I'm here but I I feel like I could also just be totally off base and and that's just the nature of the beast well I mean we're allowed to be off base because I think the whole situation is but one of my other quick questions though regarding the tapes is at the end of season four Jughead freaks out because he gets that letter that Mr. Honey wrote to the University of Iowa and he decides wait I have to fix my story did the killer or whoever's making these films get the rough cut before he edited it Mm. or you know what I mean and when he did edit it how did he edit it like is there a do we know do we have any clue is there any sign there um i see here's the thing i feel like the show is really trying to set mr honey up as like a super sketchy dude which like to be fair he can be he you know frequented this blue velvet video store and went in like the secret back rooms and stuff and which is where all the creepy shit is so yeah like he's a creepy dude he just seems like a really obvious villain and which is why I'm less inclined to believe that he's behind any of it. Potentially, he might be one of the people who has seen Jughead's story. So, like, that, that's why I put him on my list of suspects, but I don't really love that theory in general. Yeah, I I agree. One of my favorite parts of this whole <laughs> this whole episode was the fact that they went to go visit Brett in prison. <laughs> Which, I mean, I could talk for hours about how Donna should be in prison, and <laughs> it's very unfair that Brett took the fall for all of this, but... It's because of his face, isn't it? It's a very punchable face. It's probably <laughs> the most punchable face I've ever seen. However, I must say, I was really excited to see his face, especially when it was, you know, lit by the orange jumpsuit of Riverdale. He had a good glow about it. I'm kind of obsessed with it. His hair looked really good for being in prison. They must be... I mean, I'm pretty sure he, he kept his preppy vibes. He's got good commissary. <laughs> He's got a friend on the other side. Or Which wouldn't be War Baby, though. War Baby. Who, um, who, what a fucking throwback that was. It is a throwback. Am I remembering the face? Probably not, because they, they like to do that, throwing characters at us. Actors. Because <laughs> by the time they reference them again, they're totally different actors. Yeah. I, I I think I I made some sort of exclamation at my screen when, when they said War Baby, because it was such a throwback. I was like, wait, the serpents? I miss the serpents. I man, that guy. So uh, I guess he's still in prison, which is good, because he, he was um, not a good dude, if I recall correctly. But Brett does turn out to be a valuable source of information because, you know, he was peddling, you know, sketchy adult videos that he made himself by videotaping people without their knowledge, but he did sell them to David, who is the uh, head honcho over at Blue Blue Velvet, Velvet, yeah. And and informed them that there was a, like, private viewing party scene for... Which is a little more, I mean, that's 
that's not speaking very highly of it, given it's more of like a um, an underground rave with private rooms for private viewings. I hope you noticed the tickle porn that was being broadcast. Of course I did. I made notes about it and I even <laughs> laughed. I laughed at the tickle porn. Um, but prior to that, you know, Brett gave them the scenario where I can't even say scenario. They have to do it in order to get into this lovely viewing they have to um make their own tape or bring their own tape to prove that they are i guess serious and legit about the whole situation to which betty and jug approach kevin whom i love i've i've grown to love him and his sarcasm and wit my favorite line from him would have to be you had me at snuff film i believe i texted that to you you did during the episode as it was happening and i loved it because it was truly a gem as it happened i wrote it in my notes but betty and jug decide to make their own snuff film can i just say cheryl's wig was terrible Oh, it wasn't I good. Hated it. I hated it a lot. It was a typical wig. It, it was, was typical. Um, I didn't mind Reggie's getup. Can I say something about Reggie, though? It didn't, granted, I, you couldn't see his face because he was in basically I like... I didn't even know it was Reggie until they Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, he looked darker. I, even like, I, I couldn't make out him. his... It, I couldn't make out his lips. I was like, wait a minute. I kind of know what Reggie looks like, even with a gimp mask on. And I just couldn't, I couldn't process that that was Reggie. He looked too dark for me. But you know what? The abs were there. It worked. He was, yeah, he was I, lubed I decided, up. Yeah, I decided I was going to buy it. But now that you've said that, I wonder if maybe they needed a stand I, yeah. or another. And they just like ADR'd his voice in over it. But that would, uh, that would be pretty hilarious. Yeah, so that, unfortunately, that video didn't work. He considered it a fake. So what was Betty's backup? Well, of course, Betty has to go super dark with, like, literally everything. And and I don't know. I mean, she, she presented this video of her father, the Black Hood, being emotionally abused as a child. And... Uh, is that really like good rave content like i can see sexy stuff but like watching a mother like i don't know scold a child yeah, scold a child is that fun does anybody find that arousing in any way shape or form and not even not even that i think they thought oh this is the black hood as a child that's gonna get views that's gonna get people there whatever what I want to know is, like, did they have, like, a marquee that they were, like, watch the Black Hood get emotionally abused by his mother and become the monster that he once became? Like, did, like, did they advertise it as that? Because otherwise you're just walking into a room and you're like, why is there a child sitting on a chair being told by his mother to, like, be a good person? Like, I'm, I'm confused. Well, if you walked into that rave, so to speak, <laughs> would you even know where you were going or what you were I looking for? Shit, okay. I've literally never been to a rave in my life. I, I'm not... That that kind of person i don't like to leave my home so i i guess like and even when betty and jughead go to this uh film festival slash rave what were they trying to even do there they were looking for what the director of like the auteur but like did they think he was gonna be walking around with a like sign around his neck like i made those creepy videotapes like come talk to me like what did they think they were going to see that was going to lead them to the answer that's a good question Who did this and then they see that weird guy in the owl mask uh-huh like, oh that must be him but like why like what like why does that just because he's like kind everybody of standing at the end of the hallway but then they never even get there because they bump into jelly beans 
awkward? Uh, to say the least. I was shocked by this. Sus. Super sus. Oh, yeah. I mean, now that just puts her on the top. You know, not even the top, but that puts her on the list oh, of on the, the top most. Of my list. I am honed in on Jelly Bean right now. I find her very suspicious. And I'm going to be watching her. Like, she should know. I'm watching her because I don't like that. She was like, oh, yeah, a friend. Uh, got a friend's brother got yeah. us here. Are you kidding? They had to film a snuff movie to try and get in here. Betty had to provide like serial killer footage to get into the to the raid. Right. So maybe the person she knows that got her in is the director. Exactly. And, and who you know, Jelly Bean may have had access to that story Jughead was writing. She lives in the same home with him. Bing. Could have just been Bing. laying around. She was like, ooh, dude. I don't know that she's necessarily. Um, a willing participant in what the author is doing, but I think she is fucking involved, and I'm going to go on the record and see that. <laughs> Do we know how old Jelly Bean is right now? She's not in high school. She's got to be like 13, 12. Uh, let's give her 13, 14. <laughs> All right. I mean, that feels generous. Let, uh, that, let's be generous there. Still, it's too young. It's way too young to be at a rave. At a rave, yeah. Which, But it's easy to say that that's an age that you are easily conned into doing stuff. Yes. The whole, the whole situation. Like, she didn't have to be there. That's my thing. Like, anything could have interrupted their quest and it happened to be Jellybean. Really? We're just, like, supposed to accept that and be like, yeah, sure, she was there. Obviously, that makes sense. I don't accept that as, like, a coincidence at all. Right. No, I, I agree. Yeah, and then they just, like, they're like, oh, okay, like, let's just leave immediately now. And then they go to Pops and they're just like, you should never go to raves again. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> what do we want to get into next? I mean, this episode gave us a little more in terms of uh, our favorite couple. <laughs> I'm sorry, whose favorite couples? Oh, I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. You're to be Archie and Veronica. Man, what a hot mess. I had so much secondhand embarrassment this episode. Um, you know, between like Archie's mom finding the song that he wrote for Betty and thinking it was Veronica, and then Veronica finding the song that he wrote for Betty thinking it was for her. Yikes. It's a lot. I mean, dude, just throw that shit away. Like, don't crumple it up. Rip it to shreds, because that's a problem. I was watching through my fingers when Veronica sang it. Can we, can we, you know... Stop with the musical numbers? Not even that. I feel like, no, that's, that, I agree with you. I just feel like, can we just be at the speakeasy without a musical number? Like, I feel like... Apparently we can't. Apparently that's just not possible. No, because there's a stage, so we got to use it, yeah, right? That's Burn the stage, for God's sake. Like, just do everybody a favor. But prior to finding the song, you know, Archie's talking about his um, trying to get into the Naval Academy. Well, I feel like he started pursuing the Naval Academy because he was like, well, I really fucked things up with Betty and with Veronica. And, you know, before they both figure it out, I should probably leave town and join the Naval Academy. <laughs> I should disappear. So uh, let's just like go all in on that plan. Because I have a feeling if Betty had been like, oh, Archie, I'm going to break up with Jughead and like we should be together, he would just stay. But because she was like, nah, he was like, okay, well, like I just need to get He doesn't want the, the temptation. Yeah. Well, listen, running from his problems worked so well in the past, right? <laughs> like, remember, I think there was a bear attack in Canada. Like, that oh. worked really well, right? Yeah. I mean, this this guy doesn't know when to quit. Good news. 
freaking good news. I have to say one thing that bothered me was when Veronica like invited herself to Archie's interview for the Naval Academy. I was so embarrassed for him. Like mm -hmm. imagine, imagine your significant other coming with you to an interview and doing all the talking. Cause like all of the talking Archie never said a damn word. And Veronica's like, Oh, he runs all these businesses and he's really amazing. And you should totally like pick him for the Naval Academy. And Archie's just standing there like, you know what she said. Oh my God. <laughs> How embarrassing. I, oh, I can't. She says all of this stuff. And then the commandant then says, well, it's between him and someone else. Now, it could have been anyone. But, you know, they had to bring in a crossover character <laughs> who... From a failing show? From a show that got canceled. A failing spin-off. R.I.P. Katie Keene. K.O. Kelly. Can we talk about K.O. Kelly for a second? Because yeah. um, he looks like a fucking tank. He is so ripped. Ugh. As soon as I saw him, I was like, Archie is so dead. And... What strikes me was that Veronica was the one who suggested that they, they have a boxing match to determine who would get the spot. And I was like, oh my god, if I were Archie, I'd be like, um, you know what, could we just, could we not? Could we just do, like, a formal interview of sorts? Because there's no way he's gonna win this. Like, there, there's literally no way. K.O. Kelly is gonna crush him. No, there's no way, but we all know Archie, and Archie always needs to do something a little over the top, and involve fighting and shirts off and sweating and why was Kara kelly's hair so high and spiky he literally looked like Polly d <laughs> good point good point i have to say too that um i love the incorporation of mr keller <laughs> yeah well, we're bringing back a dill favorite hot dad of riverdale so obviously he oh he's one of my favorite hot dads i hope he sticks around considering we're losing another one but um you know, it's just, it's funny to me that Mr. Killer went from foreman at the construction site to now just being... I don't know why he would want to work for Archie again. Like, like Archie was the worst boss ever. And then he's like, oh yeah, let me come work for you again in your gym. Which yeah. doesn't really have revenue, I don't think. No, it's a charity as I, as I believe. So it must be volunteer work. But either way, just to be underneath that idiot who has literally no idea what he's doing in terms of running a business like i just i couldn't stand it yeah it's not good what i enjoyed was um the the shorts that they wore during their boxing match had their names on the waistband <laughs> and it had serious edgar ever never vibes oh no <laughs> and i was so pleased yeah that was great i mean but that was true boxing form i think they uh yeah their names on their they have their names yeah anything about wrestling see here's the thing i'm kind of weird in that i don't enjoy watching guys like beat the shit out of i don't i've tried i make fun of it i say they're just really hugging and very intimately and strongly that's very kind of you i just i can't i can't look at it for too long even when it's fake i just i don't appreciate people beating the shit out of each other that's just the pacifist in me and other people <laughs> may differ, but i can't i don't i don't enjoy it i don't take any pleasure in it so you know obviously i was like looking forward to this fight being over and it and like they dragged it out uh it took forever archie lost because i knew he was gonna lose lose <laughs> <laughs> it's late i'll give you a pass yeah, we've been drinking oh uh, so archie loses the fight clearly but you know what the judging process really reminded me of dodgeball 
<laughs> when, when they when Chuck Norris provides the tie-breaking vote to let the average Joes play in championships, uh, that really uh, tickled me. That but, was good. You know what didn't tickle me? Uh, Archie throwing an actual hissy fit when he did. <gasps> that was that. so bad I because he. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, that was terrifying. That was bad. He like in my notes, I literally wrote that he was butt hurt. Yeah. Uh he storms out. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm not reapplying in the fall." I never wanted to be in the navy anyway. Meh. Like you're such a baby. Enough. Like I'm how? Embarrassed how? Embarrassed for his mother. I'm embarrassed for Veronica. I'm. Just, I'm like embarrassed for everyone who has I'm, to witness that because, like, how ungracious could you possibly be? I'm glad it was only in front of the two of them, though. Because it doesn't matter. Like, honestly, that's the worst. If you're, if you act that way in front of your mother, clearly he's not going to get into any other college because he doesn't know what going to high school means. He doesn't go to school and honestly I don't think it's unfair that he should have limited opportunities because he <laughs> didn't put in the work. Like, Sorry, he didn't. He ran away to Canada and then was just like You um, can't be a mass vigilante and expect to put that on your college application. Yeah, say it again louder. <laughs> Jesus. And I guess, you know, they want us to excuse him because he's just so confused over Betty and Veronica and he's just not thinking clearly. And to be honest, I don't think he actually wanted to go to the Naval Academy. I do think he was using that as an excuse to get away with, you know, with the bullshit that he was putting both of them through. Correct. But I thought that dumping Veronica at prom was a pretty classless thing to do. I mean, at the worst time. I mean, we're not even talking at prom. We're talking like they're mid-slow dance. And he's like, eh, don't think this is going to be a good idea. I mean, so I gotta say, I mean, prom is one of those things that's overrated. It's kind of like New Year's Eve. Did you go to your high school prom? I did. I freaking hated it. (laughs) I hated every minute of it because my date was not who I wanted it to be. And it just, oh, God. It wasn't the bells and whistles that these shows make it out to be, oh, I'll tell you that. It never is, and that's why I compare it to New Year's Eve, because it's literally never as exciting as anybody ever thinks it's going to be. I went with my high school boyfriend, who I was on and off with for the entirety of high school, so that just gives you a good idea of the quality of the relationship. Like It, just, it wasn't in a good place, but we had been like involved for so long that it just made sense for us to go together. But I spent the entire time dancing with my friends because he was also one of those guys who was like, I do dance. And it was like, okay, well then you just, you know, sit over here and I'll go have fun. (laughs) So that's what I did. But prom was a letdown in a lot of ways. I was in it for the fashion (laughs) and the the grinding on the dance floor. But other than that, like, it was very just... Yeah, it was nothing to write home about, that's for sure. But that being said, if my boyfriend had dared to start shit with me at prom, uh, it would have been a thing because save that shit for a better time. I get she was bringing up things. Let's talk about that for a hot second. The fact that Veronica was going to postpone college for Archie Andrews. Who is the most unsteady human being I've ever seen on television. I have in my notes, so fucking stupid, Archie is not worth it. (laughs) 
and I don't think I can say it in enough ways with enough emphasis. It's for the best. Yeah. And oh my God, if we're going to pretend that Veronica is an, an intelligent individual, I don't necessarily think she is or isn't, but like, I don't think she should have gotten into Harvard. Uh, not Harvard. But like, come on, girl. This hurts me as a woman. This hurts me as a feminist. Like, really, are you seriously going to delay your own timeline for this idiot? Haven't you learned anything from your father? That's the problem with her, though. I think she's there's a lot that tugs at her. And I think using Archie as an excuse to stay back was her first um, try at doing so. Because, again, she's got... You know, Hiram is sick, but he's not sick, but he's okay because his new... He's beating the shit out of people. So. That that cures him of whatever illness Science, he has. You know. Oh, that's that's my physical activity. I just beat the shit out of people. Shit to do to cure your, um, you know, muscular diseases. But I think given their relationship, she's trying to find ways to stay back. So she's starting with Archie. And now, um, unfortunately, Archie gave her the um, the boot. Well, technically, she gave him the boot. She gave him the boot, but he kind of initiated it with saying, Oh, hey, the song was about Betty. <laughs> Song do it that do it that what you will oh. what Cam I- <laughs> Kelly scored a an invite to the prom did you notice that too bad he didn't have a date I feel so bad for him I I saw him and I thought to myself what the what the hell is he doing what significance here? do you have like, staying like, why are you even here like I, I did you travel all this way and they just wanted to get you in a bunch of scenes to make it worth your while I'm not really sure why he had to be there, but I'm sure he's there. Speaking of people in Riverdale who are there, but I'm not sure why, Principal Weatherby? Oh, well, yeah, he, he, somebody needed to come back because Mr. Honey disappeared. Could we get somebody who didn't join a cult? And, like, put lots of people in danger? Like, seriously, he's going to be around children? That's, that's... You know what? He joined a cult, but I found him to be very, um... I don't know. He wasn't... No, the word is escaping me right now. But he wasn't, like... He didn't seem to be fully engaged in the cult. He was just... (laughs) He was just, like, one of those innocent followers. And you can't call him innocent. I know that. But, like, his finger was chopped off. And he just kind of, like, I think went with the flow. And now... That the now that the one does when your finger is chopped right, like you're gonna follow whatever they tell you to do. But Uh, I don't know. I I don't think he should be allowed to be around children. You know, I don't. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be allowed to be able to hold jobs in the public sector. But just you know, with children, I think that's a bit much. Yeah. No, I agree. So the other thing that I wanted to mention about prom, um, I hated Veronica's dress. I did too. I was not a fan, not even a little bit. I was very obsessed with Betty's dress. Betty's dress. <laughs> I'm so glad she wore her hair down too, because I feel like it just went. What annoyed me was uh, the fact that I loved Cheryl's dress. Oh God, I was afraid for her boobs the entire time. I was too, but like the hair she has should have been down. I didn't like it up at all. I didn't like it up. Yeah. 
It would have uh, blocked the, the side boob. I just feel like her hair is so voluptuous and nice when she wears it down <laughs> that, like, it looks so flat and not appealing up. I don't know, especially when the crown went on because we did get our, our prom queens, the first <laughs> openly gay prom queens in Riverdale. Nana, Nana Rose called Cheryl an angel in her dress. Nana Rose was the most lucid I've ever seen her. I've never seen an angel look tits like that. (laughs) I was fearing for them the entire time. She was one cough away from a nip slip. The whole prom. That tape was secure. I I will tell you that. It was because if I ever need to keep my boobs in a dress, I know exactly what I'm going And I know better than to even attempt to dress like that because it would never happen. (laughs) Wait, one more thing quickly about the prom. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Did Reggie put fizzle rocks in the punch? Oh, I may have missed that part. I, he poured something into the punch, and I thought it was going to be booze because that's the you know typical, yeah. But it looked like it was coming from a packet, and I thought it was fizzle rocks, which was interesting, just because you know fizzle rocks nearly killed everybody. Right, wait a right. There were there were seizures and stuff in the hallway. Okay, so, I mean, we could talk about our prom queens as well. Right. Um, I was kind of annoyed by Cheryl in this episode. I'm not going to lie. I know they wanted us to feel bad for her, and especially after, like, all the things that went down with Tony. But I, I can't get on board with Cheryl. I find her to be selfish, rude, childish, and I just don't feel bad for her when things go wrong because she's mean. She's mean to people. And I, I just, I don't see why she should be rewarded for that. She is. And I understand that. But I also feel like in this particular situation, when it comes to Tony, it's not her fault in a way because Tony clearly has lied. Because how did her grandma not know where she was staying this long? <laughs> that is a very valid point. So she's staying at Thistle House for God only knows how long with Cheryl and then decides to go tell her Nana that, oh, hey, this is... And then Cheryl clearly shows up prior to that and not knowing Tony's grandparents' family in general has beef with the Blossoms. So in that term, I feel bad for Cheryl because I think this is the only thing that makes her happy and makes her feel normal. And that's getting taken away from her now. I see that. I I just, she, Cheryl didn't seem surprised by the fact that Tony's family didn't like the Blossoms, though. No, there was no surprise, but I also feel like on Tony's end, I think Tony kind of knew that. There there was a lack of communication yes. on, on both ends here. And what I have the problem with is that there was no resolution to that. Because this seems like the type of issue that had it been addressed early and um, openly, that it could have avoided this kind of ending for both of them. Yeah. And if we ignore having an early conversation about it, even just having a conversation about it now, it just, it seemed like it got shut down very quickly. I also don't think it was cool for Cheryl to go directly to Tony's grandparents about it. That was wrong. Um, I agree with you on that. So I, I like I feel like there's definitely issues on both sides here, but I guess more of my point, yes, Tony was wrong in this situation, but she's been so supportive of Cheryl. She's done a lot 
to to be supportive of Cheryl in various ways and I I allow her this lapse in judgment I I don't feel like I can forgive Cheryl in the same way that I can forgive Tony because Cheryl in addition to what she did wrong here has done lots of things that are obnoxious in in other ways to lots of other people that's true that's very true she was crying on Nana Rose's lap about how the blossoms are cursed and she's doomed to be unhappy forever I feel like we were supposed to be sad for her. I just didn't really feel that. I couldn't engage in that moment because I don't, and I would never say that she deserves it. She's been through a lot and sure that can make a person really twisted and awful, but I don't see a character arc that I can get behind in Cheryl. There's a lot of character arcs I can't get behind in the show. That's fair. Yeah. I try. I try to pinpoint somebody and I'm like, they're... They got something going for them. Nope. I mean, we know. I mean, like, I'm I'm very much a Betty stan. So, like, I will probably try to defend her more often than not. But Cheryl just likes to cause drama for the sake of causing drama. Right. And for that to come back and, like, bite her. Like, what what do you expect at that point? You know, it's just. There was a lot. We, we have to admit, this episode, there was a lot of heartache that I was not expecting our first episode in. I mean... It, it got real really quickly. And I mean, and it, I think it was clear that this episode was not supposed to hit as the first episode of the season because it did have that sort of like unraveling quality that episodes towards the end of a season might have to set up a new beginning. And this is supposed to be our new beginning, but it feels like an ending. So it's it's a little bit backwards, but we... We have to allow them that since the circumstances were beyond their control. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, for what we got, it was a decent start to a season. We still have that anticipation, especially when it comes to our lovely snuff films. And given, you know, end of prom, we got another fun one that uh, somebody else is getting stabbed to death. Yeah, so I didn't like this. Um, I was very uncomfortable by this, <laughs> by this snuff film because uh, it, it appeared to be David, the owner of the Blue Velvet video store, who was being slaughtered in this newest auteur video. Jughead and Betty rush to the scene, and there's nothing there. There's no sign of any attack, which again leads me to question whether these are actual snuff films or not. Because right. in this one and in Mr. Honey's, they proclaim to be murdering somebody, a real person, who ends up not being dead so uh, we have more to see on that whether this person is escalated from voyeurism to just reenactments right versus actual murder but the thing that creeped me out was that sign the, the sign movie. that said smile god is watching I don't like and that. it was recording still I so I, I just gotta chill down my spine right now i don't like that i don't like radical religions i don't like super devout uh it's people. very odd that that would be the sign like it's that was reading that i remember just sitting in my bed being like but what like why are we tur- why are we making this turn Yes. you know and it's strange. it's very strange and we don't really know anybody currently who is like a hyper religious no 
we don't really know anybody who has been religious in general. No. Right now, I mean, just out the gate, first episode, do we have any clue what we think mm -hmm. or who we think this auteur is? Okay. Well, I don't have an idea of who is masterminding things. We know that there are several people involved because there have been several people involved in these videos. Right. But I know that... <laughs> I don't know. But I have a strong suspicion that Jelly Bean is involved. Okay. And what I always hearken back to is when Jelly Bean and Gladys Jones came to Riverdale in the first place, they had a huge plan to, like, bring down Riverdale or, like, just, like, be a destructive force. And when they were introduced to the show, I was like, oh, shit, this is huge. And, like, nothing ever really happened with that in any major way. And then Gladys just kind of left. And then Jellybean just kind of stayed. And it felt really random that that all happened. Right. And yes, it makes sense. I, I get what you're saying because it's like, okay, they came in as a team. Gladys leaves. Jellybean stays behind. Yeah. That's... Jellybean has just kind of been there. And why bother having her there unless she was going to play some larger role later on? Because why not leave with Gladys or dispose of her in some other way? Like, there, there's a lot of ways to get rid of characters in, in TV shows if they're not really valuable in any way, shape, or form. That, yeah, I mean, that's true. But I also feel like... I don't know, but you did say, like, she's in the background. Jellybean has been in the background. She makes a few appearances here and there. She does a few lines here and there, just, you know, popping up. I don't see them as random anymore. I, like... Well, no, now now, now we're looking look into them. them. Yep, definitely. Unfortunately, though, I feel that sign brings another effect for me. Yeah. And I feel there could be some incorporation. I feel Polly could some. God, Polly. Po I mean, only because between being part of, well, not part of, but Sisters of Quiet Mercy, then the cult, then she's with the farm. I feel like there's some, you know, we're going to sit here and say Betty has the serial killer gene, but I think Polly's got some something screwed up about her so Polly, i don't i don't trust polly as far as i can throw her i just i don't know i think i feel like we've gotten all we can out of polly at this point we're we're kind of done with polly i feel she's served her usefulness and she's convenient to bring back in when they want to right but but it's different than having jelly bean just kind of there like all the time involved and like living with the people that are involved in the main plot we still don't know what charles is up to with chick correct um i am suspicious of that because that was brought up and then never mentioned again and there has to be something going on there and i think it would be very strange of them to continue any of these things on to the the real start of season five and i say that in quotes so right after the time jump for any of this to still be going on i think would be really strange so they need to wrap it up within the next couple of episodes i hope they figure it out i really do we're gonna find out either way it sounds like right exactly <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming to a head we just have to figure out um who that is I have one more thing to mention. When <laughs> when Hiram 
offers Archie the position of deputy oh. mayor. <laughs> when he doesn't get the Naval Academy position. Look, I gotta say, I'm here for that scenario. I would love to see how Archie fucks up being the deputy mayor of Riverdale. Well, I mean, at this point, we kind of know that that's not going to happen. Oh, we do. But, like, let's entertain that fantasy for a hot second. Because what we do have is Hiram now being really pissed at Archie for breaking Veronica's heart. And probably wanting to fuck him over. Except that's literally been the plot of Riverdale since like season two. Right. So like I'm bored of that shit. I'm tired of seeing Hiram try to kill Archie or frame him for murder. I would rather see them working side by side to make Riverdale a worse place to live. I, I'm so down for a spinoff of Mayor Lodge and Deputy Mayor Andrews. And, and just see the fuckery that they can get into in the highest level of office in Riverdale. I'm obsessed with that. How much TV can we get out of that, though? So much. I Like, honestly, endless. Like, think of all the things Archie has ever done. But unless he's, like, defeating bears or, like, I don't know. I just find him to not be able to do a lot without a mask on. Just make it a sitcom. and Oh, like, we're, we're changing yeah, it to change like a format. comedic sitcom. Change the format. It's going to be a hit. So <sighs> I, like, what I'm not interested in is, is watching Hiram and Archie battle it out yet again. Like the, the, you know, the millionth time. I'm so over it. And the fact that Hiram switches his loyalty constantly. Yeah. He was against Veronica all of season four. And now, oh, somebody's hurting my child. I don't know. He he's, he's hit or miss too. He really is. He became a lot less interesting when he became so inconsistent. Because back when he was like a solid villain, that... Like, that at least, you kind of knew where to put him. And now he's he's just kind of like, even his attempts to be less of a villain are so disingenuine. And I find myself not believing them. And then when Veronica does, I'm just like, ugh. Like, really, you're going to fall for this? Right. I got a lot of enjoyment out of seeing Hiram try to be, like, buddy-buddy with Archie. And be like, hey, like, come work with me. And that was a nice there. surprise. I, I, I it was a I, nice I, surprise. Like, all of a sudden, you're you're trying to help your daughter's boyfriend when you've been trying to be he against him. He literally tried to kill him and also literally tried to, like, put him in jail for pretty much ever. Yep. So, I, I don't know how you come back from that, but they really tried. That's all I had. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? I didn't. I think we covered everything that I was... It was a lot. And and I'm excited for this season. I think we're actually going to get like two different seasons here. I think we're going to get the resolving of the video auteur plot. And then I think we're going to do the time jump and get something totally different. So I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. It will be exciting if in the seven year time jump we switch to DVDs instead of VHS tapes. <laughs> oh, whoa. <Hold> <laughs> Am I asking for a lot? Hold on. So if you want to get in touch with us, our email is I hate it, let's watch it at gmail.com. And until then, that's endgame. <laughs>